What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Bright with Elise podcast. Today, I have the famous Becca McDonald on the podcast with me. Becca, hello. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, this is fun. We're in two different time zones, but she's all the way out in Arizona in the desert lands. But um, I'm so thankful for Zoom and that we can stay connected this way. Um, so Becca, I met her six years ago. I think it was six. Yeah. That's Weird. a long time. <laughs> yeah. It's longer than six it feels. Six years ago. Yeah. At Impact 360. So I don't know if I've shared it all about it yet, but I, it was a gap year program that I did um, in Pine Mountain, Georgia. And Becca was kind of like over all of the students. And so she got maybe an unfortunate experience with me at Impact 360, but we really connected and have stayed pretty close since then, which I'm very grateful for. So she's basically discipled me for the last six years. <laughs> so I'm thankful for that. Um, but it's yeah, Becca, thanks for being here. What's going yeah. on in your world these days? In my world, well... I am a wife to Brad McDonald. He's a babe. I love <laughs> being his wife. Um, so I get to support him and be his consultant here and there, which is always fun and adventurous. <laughs> um, I also get to be a mom to JJ and a new baby. She's not born yet. She's going to be here any day. So that's She's coming that's soon. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, so that's fun. And like you said, we're in Arizona, so we get to be by our family. And it's just really, really fun getting to experience all the little moments and big yeah. moments like holidays. So we like that. Um, for work, I am currently leading people through a gospel-centered life design process called Unique. And yes. so that has been super, super fun for me. Very life-giving. Um, I essentially help people figure out what their life call is. I help them figure out, um, I'm trying to condense it into a small cohesive yeah. way to talk about it, but essentially it's their life call. What are you made to do? When mm -hmm. you can name that, when you can figure out your sweet spot, then I can help you align your life more congruently with that sweet spot. And so it is just such an amazing process. I went through it myself, mm -hmm. got addicted to it. I love it. It's so rewarding to see the way the Holy Spirit uses it. So, yeah. yeah. That's kind of That's a little so bit cool. about us. Yeah, it's kind of cool because when even when I was at Impact 360, you were doing that on a small scale. Yeah. Like with us, you know, you were like helping us to figure out, well, it was actually a pretty large scale, not gonna lie. But back then yeah. you were, were helping us figure out <laughs> times like a bunch. Um, what was our next step and what we were called to and what the Lord had on our lives. So it's kind of this like thing that you've been in for your whole life. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool that I got to find this new way in this current season to disciple people and to participate in the way that the Holy Spirit likes to use me in people's mm -hmm. lives. So yeah, I think you're right. It is cool that I'm still getting to do it in this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Becca and I have been, connected through a lot of different, like we've done some ministry together. She's been like over me as a more of like a mentor, mentee, um, and also just friendship. So I love getting to be your friend, Becca. It's, it's a huge gift. I love being your friend. 
It's yeah, fun. you were a special student of mine because I think a lot of people when they're 18 don't realize that they have a lot of capacity or maybe they just don't yet have a lot of capacity, but you did have a lot of capacity. You were had super high character, very eager. And so I was able to disciple you in a way that was just quicker almost. Um, we talk about the discipleship square where it's like, I do and you watch. The next mm-hmm. step is I do and you help. The next step is you do it and I help you. And then the final one is you do it and I get to cheer for you. And so mm-hmm. I got to move through that discipleship square with you really quickly just because you are so high capacity and you have such high character and you were so eager. And so I got to give you a lot of opportunities that (laughs) I didn't get to give everyone and so it was so fun for me getting to move from just like a mentor or discipler to a friend and yeah it has been fun to go through all the different seasons with you and then get to do ministry with you when we would Mm -hmm. do retreats together and yeah yeah it's been special This is sweet. So last year, I reached out to you about Unique because I heard you had started it. And I was just, honestly, I was really interested in it. So um, this idea of a life purpose and how you found and got connected with Unique. um, How about you share a little bit about Unique, why it's important, um, why you decided to partake in it, and then, um, yeah, that's a good place to start. Why? What is it? Why is it important? And why did you decide to engage with it? Yeah. So like I said, Unique is a gospel-centered life design process. It was founded by Dave Rhodes and William Sini. And we got to be introduced to Dave Rhodes through Impact. He, um, he taught us how to teach. He taught us about discipleship. And he was um, kind of, he, he was a consultant. He didn't work at Impact, but he taught Brad and I how to do what we do. And so he was a huge part of our development as people and um, just professionally and personally. And so he told us about Unique originally and um, ended up coaching us through it, which was a super special experience. Yeah. But I didn't really know what it was going to be about and how cool it was until I got started into it. So I really got started in the process because I was like, I want to learn more from him. He's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole premise of Unique starts with the idea that God has a dream for your life. So in Ephesians 2, it talks about um, where his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared ahead of time, that he planned that we would do ahead of time. Um, And so we're his workmanship, we're his poema, right? This beautiful work of art. Mm -hmm. We're unique. We're all special and he dreamed up something for us to do. Like he planned the good works that we would do ahead of time. He has a dream for us. And so with the unique content, we want to help you figure out what that dream is. And so the way we do that is a two-step process. So the first part is journey one, and um, we help you name your passions, the things that fuel you the most. We help you name your abilities, um, what you can do best, and then we help you name your context, which is where um, you're most effective, essentially. And so where all three of those things overlap is your sweet spot. That's the thing that you're made to do, called to do. And you might Mm -hmm. know that already, or you might not. Um, We help you discover that if you don't know it. And then the second part, um, journey two, 
is we help you align your life more congruently with what you're made to do. And so Mm -hmm. it's cool to figure out like, oh, yay, this is what I'm supposed to do. But a lot of times you find yourself in a season where you're like, and why am I doing everything but that? (laughs) So that's really the whole second step is helping you make a plan and dream big dreams. And yeah, yeah. So it's really, really cool. A lot of people, they know about their experiences. They have even maybe thought about them, but most people haven't let themselves go through the process of interpreting their experiences, of interpreting the narrative that they have lived through. And so, Mm. um, the whole time that you're going through the unique process, you're getting to name why is it important? You're getting to interpret what has happened. So it's not just that your experiences are ruling and reigning over your story and just like pushing you into what's next, but you get to allow those things to fuel your story. Yeah. So it's really powerful. It's so easy to live your whole life without intention and without like thinking about these things. And I think that's what was so powerful to me about Unique was there's all these exercises that are pulling out like purpose Mm -hmm. that's already happened that feels natural to you and that can happen in your future too. And it like sets you up for this trajectory of like effectiveness almost. It's like, why why live a whole life (laughs) in the wrong lane when you could just get in the right lane, you know? Yes, yes. So- I feel like the exercises are so effective to like identify and like you said, interpret some of these things to be able to get you in a, at least closer to the right lane. Um, and I decided to engage with it when I was in a season in my life that was like, I had just transitioned jobs. We had just moved. I was like, what the heck am I going to do with my life? I don't even know. Like, I know I'm good at these things. I know I'm not good at these things. I know I like these things. I know I don't like these things. But I just like genuinely, I didn't really know like what was next. So getting to engage with some of these exercises was exactly what I needed um, to get me closer to that. And I was amazed at the process of Unique. And so shameless plug for the whole the whole thing. <laughs> so one of the exercises in Unique is all about the names that God gives to us. So I don't, sometimes I'll like, <laughs> I'll see a name, like this name's cool. I wonder what it means. But that's as far as I had ever gotten with name meaning. I had not, I don't even know if I knew what my name meant before engaging with Unique, which is lame. I recognize that. But Um, One of the exercises is all about understanding our given name, the name that God gives us. And I was like amazed at this section. And so um, a couple weeks ago, as I was anticipating season two of the podcast, I was like, man, this specific portion has shaped me and literally helped to create the podcast just through this, like this meaning that I know the Lord has given me in my name. Um, And I was like, man, how cool would it be to kind of share more about this? Um, this name piece that God's like given us. So how about you just share kind of about the name section of like understanding who we are as people and like where, where we're going? Yeah. So I've already been using that language a lot when I'm talking about the process that we go through, just being able to identify and um, put verbiage to our experiences and that sort of thing. Um, But we really see naming 
be be very important in scripture. So even from the very, very beginning, we see that God gives authority and power to Adam and Eve to use in their very first act of naming, right? Like mm-hmm. this is how they got to exercise and display that authority and power they were given, namely naming animals, um, <laughs> which is really cool. Um, we also see in scripture that <laughs> there's a lot of weird names. Um, <laughs> there will be women who birth children and they're like, and I am going to call you the, you know, my bitter feelings. Cool. Ouch, mom. <laughs> that name Mara. sucks. Yeah. Um, or like, Gee, you're mom, my favorite I'm sorry. one. I couldn't help it. <laughs> yeah. I'm an infant. Cool. So we see them name you know, strange names, but they all had meanings. Um, and we, we often, um, get to see those meanings play out. You know, we also see the demons trying to like display authority and power over Jesus by being like, we know who you are, Jesus of Nazareth. And sometimes he would stop them before they could identify him. And sometimes he would just be like, okay, I'm going to call you your name, for instance, Legion. And, uh, why don't you go over there? I'm going to send you out of these people. So it's just this idea of power and authority behind naming. It allows people and God to to be able to exercise authority and power. But it's not just something that we see in scripture. Like it's something you experience on the daily. Mm-hmm. You can see it in um, in the business world, like in, in corporate land. You can see it in sports. You can see it in the things that people call you. Um, naming is super important. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. in business, you're in a corporation, you're in an organization and everyone is talking about something, but no one's, no one's naming it. No one's saying it. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's really debilitating, you know, for the organization. It's the job of the leader to be able to name things correctly, to be able to call reality what it is. And, um, I'm sure we've, all experience that in some way or another. Um, I was mentioning sports, like home teams do better because you have the whole crowd like blessing you and not cursing you, right? And when you're away, they're not for you. They're for their home team. (laughs) They are cursing you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably literally at some points. Um, So yeah, we just see naming really like in in the world all the time. Yeah. Um, also I think sometimes we are labeled things like a lot of us have done assessments. I'm sure, uh, Mm -hmm. sometimes those are really, really helpful because at best they give us names to describe what we're good at, to describe who we are. And at worst they label us things or people label us things. Yeah. And so I, I'm not saying anything today that is like, probably going to be earth shattering because we all know that naming is super important. Um, and so we just talk about that explicitly in, in unique in this process of specifically the section where we're talking about what you're good at, what you're best in the world at. And, um, yeah, so we help you identify some of the things that you've been labeled because Mm -hmm. maybe you need to reject some of those things. We help yeah. you identify some of the things that you have been called that you might need to live into. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, we start with a biblical basis of looking at scripture and seeing that sometimes God, he gives us names that need to change. He gives us a new name. And sometimes we, we have a name that 
we just need to live up to. So yeah, that section specifically where we talked about the names that people spoken over us, Mm -hmm. um, the exercises we had to go and think through like good and bad. And I think you had us take like some time to do it. Um, but that was a really interesting exercise because like I reflected on my whole life. Yeah. And then I pulled like, I think 20, 15 or 20 names, good and bad that people have called me. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously they're not as powerful as what the Lord calls me. Okay. Yes. Understood. <laughs> but it was interesting. Like some of them like are, is a name that my, it's like a um, nickname that my dad gave me. And it's a very like, um, impactful name to me, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that people tend to say about me. That's not great, you know? Yeah. And that sticks out to me. I feel, I remember, and I know that I've been named that and it like impacts the way that I can show up too. So I think like even that act of recognizing, cause we know there's power in the name, but I don't know if we internalize or like understand the actual power of the name um, until we've, until we talk about it, which is kind of the purpose of this whole yeah. episode. But that exercise was very, very powerful for me. Um, and then the the cool part of that exercise is you challenge us to go and ask the Lord what he calls us and spend mm-hmm. time asking what he calls us. So that was really powerful to, to see like, man, here's some powerful names that the Lord called me that I got to hear from him. So um, there's a lot in scripture. We've kind of talked about it. Um, but I remember some specific names, I think about Peter and Paul that you shared and unique. So can you share like some specific examples of how God uses names in the Bible? Yeah. Um, so I was mentioning earlier that sometimes there's names that we've been given, um, that we've been called and we need a name change. And so there's some examples of that. And Peter and Paul are examples of that where um, Peter starts as Simon, right? Jesus enters his his life and his world as a fisherman. Um, Jesus being a carpenter, which is really more of a stonemason back in that time. Um, and we see him talking to everyone, being like, all right, who does everyone say that I am? And they're like, oh, they say lots of things. You're a good man. You're a prophet. You're a loon, whatever. <laughs> um I'm, you know, extrapolating a little bit. This is my rendition. (laughs) And then he says, okay, well, who do you say that I am? And Simon says, well, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. Like you're who we've been waiting for. And he says that that's such a significant point in time that like, okay, you're no longer Simon. I'm going to call you Peter. I'm going to call you Mm. little rock. I'm going to call you the rock on whom I'm going to build my church that's going to be your name. You're not this like crazy guy who's just over eager. You're going to be the one who, who I build my church upon. And, and then later, like that obviously had to have been significant to Peter because he references it, it when he says we all like living stones, right? He's like welcoming us into that idea as well. Um, and then we see with Paul, um, he starts out as Saul, the one who inquires of God. And in the Old Testament, that Saul did not inquire of God, hence mm-hmm. losing the whole kingdom, right? Like that was his problem. This one in the New Testament, he was trying to inquire of God. He was super zealous, right? The Jew of all Jews. Um, and lucky for him, he had an encounter with Jesus where he got mm-hmm. to figure out what the whole 
meaning of everything actually was. And, and he got his name changed to Paul um, on his way. He was in Pathos, I think. And we see in scripture, it was like um, Barnabas and Saul were doing this. And then eventually it changed is to Paul and his companion, right? And Paul means small. And, and he needed to be small to do the big work that God was wow. calling him to, which is really just wild. Um, yeah. One of the biggest changes that you see too is Jacob to Israel. That's a wild story. You see him starting out life as the heel grabber, right? That's what Jacob means, mm-hmm. heel grabber or deceiver. Um, and you see him deceive his brother Esau. You see him deceive his his dad. You see him experience his family being deceivers by Laban deceiving him mm-hmm. and making him marry Leah first. Um, and then you see God wrestle with him and and say, I'm going to call you something else. You're going to be Israel. You're going to be the one who wrestles with God. And so that's such a big moment that, I mean, God's people are forever named after that, you know, yeah. Israelites. So sometimes God's- in scripture, we see that we just need a name change. Um, and then sometimes we need to live up to our name. So an example of this that we talk about in our session is um, Gideon. So Gideon means destroyer or great man of valor. And in Judges 6, you see him um, hiding in a wine press, like trying to handle his wheat there so the Midians don't come and steal it from him. And God, well, it is God, but it says the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, hey, great man of valor, like you're going to lead your people out of this miserable situation. And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't think so. I'm the least in my family and my family's like the least in our clan who's the least, like the lowest clan. So pretty sure you got the wrong person. Pretty sure you're wrong, bro. <laughs> yeah. Tenants of sheep. <gasps> yeah. And he's like, no, Gideon, I need you to live up to your name. Like I need you to live into what mm-hmm. I called you. And so sometimes we see that in scripture too. Um, and I think we see that in our own lives. Yeah. So. so which one was it for you? Do you think like share a little bit about your name and like which yeah. one you fall into? I think that my name has both. So, okay. Just as a preface, when you're looking up your name, hopefully not everyone has already begun doing that, especially not while driving. That's when I listen to podcasts. But when you look up your name, it's not always like a one for one. And like, mm-hmm. it's very rare that, you know, if your name means blacksmith, that you're a blacksmith. That is not going to be very common these days, right? So I just want to put that disclaimer out there. Um, my name is Rebecca. I never go by Rebecca, but that is what my name is. Um, middle name Rose. Last name McDonald, and my maiden name is Hagen. So, um, when you just look up my name, there is the initial meaning, which I remember being a little girl walking into, I think it's like a, a Christian bookstore and like finding those little name tag things. Yeah. And my sister's name is Sarah. And so she like finds hers and she's princess. Ooh. <laughs> and then I find mine and it says bound. I'm like, what the freak does bound mean? This is so sucky. And I just remember as a little kid being like, oh, well, you know, maybe it means I'm bound to God. Like, you know, he's never going to let me go. I was like trying to make myself feel good. 
But I probably wasn't like that far off. Um, nonetheless, I was not very excited about my name meaning. When I looked into it more, it, it is bound. It also means fettering by beauty or captivating um, to be like a knotted cord. So the idea of bound again. Rose is fame. So F-A-M-E. And then McDonald is son or daughter of a world ruler. Hagen is a little fire or young. And so I I see those things initially and I'm like, okay, what am I going to make of this? But there is so much like spiritual significance to it when I'm able to unpack it and look into it and think about it. And so you asked like, did I need to live up to my name or did I need a name change? And I think that it was a little bit of both for me. So the spiritual significance that I was able to to draw out and actually had some friends help me, um, which I would recommend, is that um, I do bind people to myself in a way that um, you get to be spiritual family. You're not just mm-hmm. like a random person to me. Like I'm I've very loyal. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't let you go. And you're my friend <laughs> six years later <laughs> across the country. Um, yeah, so I'm loyal. I... I don't let you go very easily. Um, And I think that's a good thing. I also see um, the fact that the Lord has used things that bound me in the past to be things that he now uses me to free other people from. Mm -hmm. Um, So I get to help unbind them. Um, I was mentioning earlier that discipleship is huge to me. You were saying it's cool. I get to still do it with Unique and... Um, one of the ways that we talk about discipleship is this combination of invitation and challenge. And so you can be really high invitation and not really good at challenge. And that's great because people like you and they are bought into you, but you're not leading them anywhere. Or you can be heavy on the side of challenge and you might be, you know, speaking a lot of truth that people can't hear because you're not inviting them in. Mm-hmm. I think that I've discovered over the years that the Lord has given me a gift to be able to balance those pretty well, to have Mm -hmm. a a really good combination of invitation and challenge. And I knew that about myself before I knew what my name meant. And so you see that in my name where I invite you in, um, I fetter you by my beauty, not just (laughs) like, you know, me, but like things that I like to talk about that are beautiful inviting you into the beauty of the world, captivating you that way. And then I get to be the little fire who <laughs> challenges yeah. you and yes, you points do. you to Jesus. Oh yeah. I've also experienced that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not low on the fire. Uh, I didn't know that my last name meant little fire actually. And my dad was quite fiery. So it was mm-hmm. really cool for me to see that. Like I got to, I got to carry that from him to me. Yeah. Um, so that was, it was cool realizing that I'm already good at those things. There's this intense spiritual meaning behind just this verbiage. Um, so I get to live into it a little bit, but also this fame idea is something I realized you're here as a student, actually, that mm. I really, um, because I'm really loyal and I like to develop people, I want to feel like I'm significant to them, which Mm. is not good. So it's this life (laughs) drift that I have 
to to want to feel significant to people and not just um just do things purely out yeah. of the the sake of bringing the kingdom you know and so I have to fight against that and so that's in my name. You know, I think you see that oftentimes there's this guy who's a part of unique and his name is David Loveless. So David means beloved. Loveless means uh, lacking love, not able to experience love. And so even in his name, he's like, he has this paradox of trying to believe that he is loved and yet feeling like he's not and having to live in the paradox of that. And so he gets to invite people into the paradox of their lives. Mm. And, um, so, yeah, I the answer is both, both mm-hmm. and with my name. There is, I gave you kind of the the actual definition so you could see how I did have to put mm-hmm. my interpretive hat on. But there's like really significant spiritual um, implications to what I was yeah. named. And my parents didn't do it on purpose. That's the, right. the crazy thing. I think that's the thing that's so interesting because most people don't name as on purpose. Yeah. As maybe they should. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's interesting because like I, when we were going through this name exercise, what I ended up realizing my name meant was like, what? Even the name I was married into mm-hmm. is like I know I love your name. Crazy. You share it, right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So um, we can go into that if you want. Yes. I, I, I love... Love, 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 love this section of the curriculum. And I knew you so well. So when I got to hear (laughs) what your name definitions were, I was just like jaw open, gawking, (laughs) like, what, God? (laughs) You're cool. Yeah. So my first name's Elizabeth, which this one stuck out to me, I think, the most because it's... um, Elizabeth means my God is my oath or pledge to God or my God is abundance. And so that really started sticking out to me as like, man, I do feel like I enjoy abundance and I really enjoy living in abundance. And that word specifically is now like pretty much a bedrock for my life. I wanted to yeah. get it tattooed. Um, <laughs> is Just because I think it's so powerful and like definitely defines some of like who God's made me to be. Yes, um, definitely. My middle name is Dylan. It's a family name. It means removal or reversal of a lake, which is interesting. Griffin is fierce or dangerous person from Griffin, which is like a big majestic figure. Um, a moor is an open land or bog, stately or noble. So that's like what I, I was like, what the literal heck? Mm-hmm. But then we worked through it. <laughs> so yeah. we can't, do you want to share like the process, the processing, or do you have that written down somewhere? how we ended up where we did. Yeah, because I, I ended up with remove, fierce remover of darkness, full abundance of God. Yeah. So part of the session is that I send you home with homework to like, yes. okay, make sense of this. The cool thing about this though is we're like doing it in a cohort. So all the people who have experienced you talking about your narrative and working through things are able to speak into like, this is how I see these things which I think is super, super helpful. Mm. Um, so something that when you're looking up your name is important to do is to like dig deeper into what it means. So like Griffin, okay, well, what is a Griffin? What yeah. does this monster look like? 
um, half lion, half eagle. Well, that's interesting that it's like, you know, the, the king of the land and the king of the air in mm. this monster, right? Or um, if your name is like a, a place, you need to look at that place. What is that place known for? What do yeah. they do? What is it like? And so I had you guys do that um, and to think through it a little bit further. I think that everyone knows that you, when they interact with you, they just feel the abundance of everything flowing over Hmm. out of you. So whether you're really happy or you're really eager or the fact that you are super high capacity, like I said before, like we can just feel that you have a lot. Um, And it's probably because you're filled with the Holy Spirit and Hmm. like he, he just oozes over out of you too. Ooze, that's not really a great word. <laughs> Abundant. <laughs> Abundance is something that is a good word. And it's something that totally, I think, describes you. And so everyone that was speaking to that um, was just able to affirm parts of your name. And so I don't know exactly how you ended up at your little phrase Yeah. beyond just listening to their insight and mm-hmm. narrowing it in off of the things that you know from your experience from yeah from your story and um yeah yeah it was just powerful because I I realized it's a both and it's a both a remover for me like I'm actively removing mm-hmm. things and a presence thing like I'm also God has enabled yes. me to be a ab- his abundance like it's the abundance of God and so now I get to shape my life around engaging that. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, it's not like I'm (laughs) basing my whole life off of this one exercise, but it's just crazy to see like how, how much it aligned, like God knew, of course he knew, like he (laughs) knew that I would, uh, like I would uncover this at some point and be like, okay, okay. I see, (laughs) you know, like I see what you're doing, how you're enabling me, how are you, how you're empowering me. And so, and it also, and I wanted to share a little bit about this. It kind of flows into the podcast name too, because like the word bright is just something that it's a word I love. It's a word that um, I brainstormed like four or five years ago with like a little business idea. And it just really Mm -hmm. stuck with me. Um, And it's crazy because I wanted the podcast name to be very significant. And And it is because I think that's what the Lord's wanting this podcast to do is to make people's worlds brighter. Um, And so it's cool that that it flows into this purpose too of like, that's an abundance thing too, you know, like this abundance into this podcast meaning and purpose. And so I don't know. I just think the name conversation is so cool, (laughs) quite honestly. It's wild because we we didn't know what our names were meaning both of us said we didn't know that like when we looked over our story or when we looked at the things that we ended up with all of our experience and our development and everything what we ended up being good at or liking to do or being the best at it was what we were called Mm. you know and so names just have so much power labeling does too you know when we're when we're named incorrect things and we're unable to let those go, they can totally prevent us from, from being what we're supposed to be. So yeah, yeah, it's just really beautiful to, to think through this whole exercise and to think through names and allow them to, um, 
to shape the way that we live, to allow them to Hmm. shape the way that we speak, you know, to not name things or call people things that could be harmful, you know. Um, I remember reading in Genesis when Adam and Eve are naked and they're like, we're afraid of you. Like we're hiding because we're naked. And God's like, not like, why are you hiding? He said, who told you, like, who called you naked? I never Mm -hmm. called you naked. Like I never called you that to be ashamed of. Right. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah, words are powerful. Naming, naming is powerful on one hand, because if you name it correctly, you get freedom right? Mm -hmm. Or you get to change things. You get to call reality what it is or because you can destroy things. Yeah. It makes me think of that passage in James that talks about the tongue and how it like Mm. one little spark can burn up a whole forest and it like becomes this whole fire. And it's crazy when you kind of add labeling into that. And I've never thought about that until this very moment um, of like including labeling into that. So the tongue is so powerful, including how you're calling people and who you're calling them um, and what you're calling yourself too and what you're identifying as. So if I'm like, this goes back to other conversations we've had, but if I'm labeling myself as anything more important than like a believer, a follower of Christ, that's a, that's a red flag, you know? Yeah. So how much emphasis am I putting on the labels that I'm giving myself as well or the labels that I'm um, identifying as, whether that's woman or Christian or worker, employee, Mm -hmm. coach, whatever it is, podcaster, like they matter. Um, And it kind of brings me to like these more final questions of like, so if people are interested in this, if they're thinking if they're thinking about their name right now and how to engage with this, like number one, where should they start? And then why does it matter? Yeah. So if you're feeling like, hmm, I have not looked out my, my name yet because I am driving, kudos to you. <laughs> and you want to later. Or um, if you're like me and you're super preggers and you are about to name a baby and you want to be very strategic about it, um, I really recommend looking up the meaning of your name. But like we do in the exercise, I think that it is most effective and most helpful to think about all the things that you've been called, all the things that you've been named. And I mean, write them all out. They can be silly things. They can be meaningful. They can be sad, negative Um, positive, inspiring, all the things. What have you been named? You know, I've been called bossy. I've been called perfect, not in the good light, right? Like perfectionist. Um, My dad (laughs) used to call me special, which is like, cool. Every parent calls you that, but it was like a significant thing to me. People Mm -hmm. have told me that I'm strong, that I'm fierce, that I'm discerning. Like they've called me things. They've named me teacher. They've called me, like you called me a mentor. Um, what are the things I've been called? And when I can see them all listed there, I'm able to know like, where do I see that in my story? And did those things affect what I thought about myself? Did they affect what I lived into? And then I highly suggest that you sit with the Lord and you ask him to tell you what he calls you. That's good. And sometimes I think that we don't always hear his voice audibly, right? Mm -hmm. And so the good news for you is that 
he has a Bible and he wrote a lot of things about you. So you can just look up things that he calls his children and you can write those things down. You can sit um, in his presence and be still and try to pay attention to the things that come to mind. Are you remembering certain scripture? Because he's probably bringing it to mind for you. Yeah. Are you remembering songs? Is there is there something in the song that's standing out to you? Like what is coming to mind? And just go ahead and write all those things down. You can make sense of them later. Just write them down. Um, and then look up your name meaning. And definitely don't look on like Urban Dictionary. That's not going to be helpful. <laughs> it's going to be like, Rachel, she's really nice and pretty. Rebecca, she's really nice and pretty. Elise, she's really nice and pretty. Cool. Um, what else? So you have to kind of dig and look. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, you have to dig beyond just like, well, this, I'm a, I'm a meadow. And you, and then you have to put your interpretive hat on. But a lot of times you'll see that the things that you've been called, the things that have been affirmed about you or the things that you've been trying to run from, um, that God speaks to those things too. And that Mm. all along you were named in your very given name, things that you're, you're supposed to be. So you can do that by yourself. You can, I I suggest inviting people into it, especially when you're like us who, who didn't think our name was very cool till we had help. Um, but yeah, I think that that, that would be a fun thing, a very accessible thing. You don't even have to be a part of unique to be able to do that. But if they did want to be a part of unique, how could they do that? Yeah. Um, just to reference most of the things I said on here, I was referring to the life design process. So I was referencing unique. So some of this is not, um, even unique to anything that I made up. Most of it, in fact, comes from the curriculum. So Mm -hmm. I just want to like give credit where it's due. But if you want to be a part of Unique, you can go to lifeunique.com and um, you can see the different ways to do that. Or you can be in one of my cohorts and let me lead you through the process. Yeah, I would love that. Um, And you can contact me with my email. It's beccarmcdonald at gmail.com. I spell my name kind of weird. So you may need to put that in the show notes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you can reach out to me. I'll be starting new cohorts in the spring, post-baby. Post-baby number two. um, Yeah. So you can be a part of it there. I got to be a part of it last year in 2020, and it was incredible. Very good experience. Um, And Becca's specifically gifted with it. So I'd highly recommend, and I'll put her information in the show notes. But... Okay, so something that I'm starting to close with for this season is these two questions of what's something that you've been challenged by recently? It can be something really stupid like the speed limit (laughs) (laughs) or what's something that's making your life and what's something that's making your life brighter right now? Okay. This is like very specific to my season, um, but it's something that like comes around a lot. So there's this awesome pastor who says your faith has to look like something. And I'm just experiencing lots of occasions where I need to, like I'm about to birth a child. So there's a little <laughs> bit of anxiety there um, that I, I'm getting to remember truth about. Like I'm having to let my belief actually look like something. I'm having to remind myself of what's actually true amidst my my fear. Um, I'm needing to remember that like God's my provider, not Mm -hmm. whoever gives us money 
or um, whatever doctor is going to be taking care of me or not taking care of me or whatever. So I'm getting the opportunity in a lot of different ways, not just thinking about labor, um, to let my faith look like something. Mm -hmm. And that language has just been top of mind in a couple of different conversations with Brad and as I'm processing the the coming change. So I know that that might not be very like relatable for a lot of people because you are probably not knocked up like me, but um, yeah, I'm being reminded to let my faith look like something to actually live. Like I believe what I believe, you know, it's good. Man. Yeah. It's good and hard. <laughs> good and hard. Isn't yeah. it normally? <laughs> and then you said something that's making my life bright. Yes. I just think of JJ and Brad. My favorite time of the day is dinner time, bedtime routine. I am such a mom, but like I love, love, love getting to spend time with them. JJ is the silliest. I I don't know. I just can't help but be reminded that like life is good and there's mm-hmm. delight and and brightness you know amidst whatever even if I had like a rough day there's just something about the three of us being together where we can like mm-hmm. pull out of the the funk of whatever was happening yeah. um even if JJ and I were like this day sucks when <laughs> dad gets home it's awesome it's better um, <laughs> yeah so That's those sweet. moments are fleeting and they're sweet and we're just going to add another person to them. And so then they'll become something different, but they're, they're really bright right now. It's making my life super happy. I love that. Becca, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for letting me be. I am very grateful. And to all who are listening, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time.